0: AlienCon 2019 with Robert Clotworthy. There you go. The voice of ancient aliens. Robert, yes. how are you today?
1: I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I am
0: great. Ten seasons in, yep. the ultimate job security, something that <laughs> Ken, Ken Burns said he didn't think would last, a two-hour documentary, and yeah. here we are a decade later. How yeah. does that feel?
1: Uh, it, it feels great. In fact, you know, Kevin was telling me that uh, you know after he did three or four episodes, he said, I've run out of pyramids. But... Uh, <laughs> But well, yeah, it's it's amazing that uh, something that started out as as a 2-hour special has now turned into something I think we're into at least 150 air episodes that have aired and we've got more in the pipeline so it's it's quite amazing. And now we've got these incredible conventions that happen all around the country now.
0: LA's going on right now, yeah. Dallas, Baltimore, all these places, you know, so it's amazing how you went from supposedly this one-off special yep. to an empire.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, as Kevin says, uh, History Channel put it at all kinds of weird hours, you know, three in the morning, and they couldn't kill it. People, the audience found it and wanted more and more. And, uh, you know, I, I have to give credit to, to Susan over, over at the History Channel and Kim Sharon over at Prometheus. Uh, they've been great supporters and put this, this thing together, and I, I mean, the audience has spoken, I yes. guess, right? I mean, it's interesting because what used to be uh considered i guess not mainstream kind of on the edge of of, you know the edge of it uh has now become mainstream as more and more information comes out you know you've got video from fighter pilots you know of ufos i mean it's it's amazing and uh you know it. it's We're we're all family here.
0: Right. And we've had our fair share of people not trusting the government, and that's being exposed more so with polarization uh, of uh, information, shall we say. And then, um, you know, the show continues to blow up because people start questioning more. For you, having narrated the show for over a decade, is there any one particular episode that you've come across where you're narrating it and reading everything and go, wow, this is an even bigger surprise to me?
1: Well, first of all, let me say that when uh, when I work on the show, I don't get the scripts in advance. I, I'm really good about getting the words off of the page anyway. That's just a skill that I have.
0: Oh, so, so you do a cold read?
1: Yeah, so I basically, it's basically a cold read. I'll read, you know, a section of it out loud just when you know, when we start, just to get the words out to make sure that I there's nothing there that I don't know how to pronounce, for example. And what also, when since I'm reading it for the first time, if there's some information in there, I allow that to, in, uh, to. In, uh, I guess affect me in the way that I give my read so if I'm amazed by something if I'm shocked if I'm surprised or sad and whatever it might be I'll allow that to be a part of uh of of the read that I give to it but if you want to know specifically my favorite show that I think we've ever done is probably the one about the moon I find the moon to be incredibly fascinating uh just the whole it, it, all the coincidences that have to fall into place for the moon to be where it is and the way that it is, and the fact that you know the Earth is on, an a, on its axis, and because it's on its axis, we're able to have uh, seasons. Because if we, cause if, we if, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have that with tides. I mean, all the, the moon affects us. And I've actually spoken to people who've heard the actual ringing of the moon. That there is it's hollow to a certain extent. In fact, I, saw, I had dinner with uh, with Travis Taylor last night. And he was talking about the moon. And he was talking about how he did this, this, this uh, I guess, uh, mathematical calculation that showed how it was hollow to, at a certain point. I mean, it's it's fascinating to me. Wow.
0: I see. I never knew about the hollowed aspect.
1: Yeah. It, well, I, I met a lady who was a NASA uh, research scientist who was in mission control, and she was there during the Apollo missions. And when they would let the lunar module crash land back to the moon, it rings. She heard. She's heard the
0: ring. Wow. And how come ancient astronaut theorists always say yes? They never said maybe on the show.
1: Well, they don't always say yes. They've said no a few times. But I have to say that the first time I came across a script where they said no, I thought it was a misprint. (laughs) And I had to stop the session. And then when I tried to say it, you know, there's muscle memory. Because you go, ancient astronaut theorists say yes. My lips are used to forming the word yes afterwards. And to say no, I think I kind of stuttered. I went, ancient astronaut theorist no. And I think I added a question mark instead of a statement. <laughs> but uh, later on, I heard that uh, that was something that Kevin put in there just to kind of throw me a little bit. I don't know if that's true or not, but, uh, but they do. They do say, they do say no. And uh, I-, I talked to one of the producers the other day, and he mentioned, he says, we're, we're going to try to throw in a couple of maybes this season. So we'll see if that
0: happens. Oh, that would be fantastic. Now, last night... Uh, you premiered an episode here at AlienCon. Yep. Which episode was that and what was it like to live announce for over 1500 people sitting there watching it in the theater?
1: There were 1500 people there? Oh. I, <laughs> as if you're not used to it.
0: You know you can't see past the first 3 rows of no. lights in your eyes. Uh, <laughs> actually
1: actually it's a blast. I'm am a people person anyway and I uh, you know I come from an acting background. I've done, you know, theater, I've done t- TV shows, uh, I've done movies. Uh, I'm am a, a hammock at heart and uh, I enjoy going out there. I've got a little bit of a spiel that I do to, uh, to amp the crowd up, a few jokes that, that tend to work. And uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to go out there and meet the people and be a part of it. And to actually have the microphone, I basically at the end always say, ancient astronauts, theorists say, and I turn the microphone to everybody else, and to have 1,500 people as one shout out yes is, is pretty exciting.
0: I'm surprised you don't have a photo of you in front of the mic or you just standing there with your arms folded. With the caption that says "Ancient astronaut theorists say yes."
1: Well, actually, look at this banner here. I've got a the picture. Banner. It's oh, got it's got a microphone, and it says "Ancient astronaut theorists say yes" underneath it. So, so you you're a little well, bit be, a little bit behind. Oh, the eight yeah. by ten. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't know if anybody really wants an eight x by ten of my ugly mug. I think it's as a voiceover artist, generally you try to stay in the background. Right. And uh,
0: Shave only when you leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, t- I take it very. I take this very
1: seriously. I really enjoy the job, and um, I, 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 you know, I tell the producers when I go in to record, I treat it a- as if it's an audition. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to ever get lazy with with the work. Um, the show is too important. The and the audience is too important. And uh, you know, I, I owe it to to the people to give it my best every time I go in there.
0: Voiceovers. Our voice actors are lucky in the fact that there's a bit of anonymity along with the career and a celebrity that goes along with it but very few people know what you look like until the convention circuit blew up what is it like to have that anonymity walking down the street and then show up to one of these places and everybody erupts to realize that you're the voice of ancient aliens at alien con
1: uh, it 's it's actually pretty pretty exciting I mean I, lo- I love the fact of being anonymous that you can you know, go go wherever you want to go and nobody 's going to know who you, who you are and and, and yet you 're still working on a, on a hit show uh, i mean it 's a dream job for an actor to have a job that lasts six weeks, let alone ten years or more and i 've been fortunate that i 've had a few that have done that and like i said i kind of i, I 'm I'm a, I'm a bit of a uh, of a prankster at heart mm-hmm. so i like to surprise people people will look at me and, and it's usually it, it's it's interesting they kind of give me that look of i'm not sure you are who i think you may be <laughs> and then i have to go up to them and uh i kind of whisper in their ear one of the lines from ancient aliens and and to see their reaction is priceless i wish i had a a video uh, a compilation of of the reactions that i've received because it's it's priceless and to be able to to affect people in such a, a nice way uh, is, is really gratifying and it's joyful I mean it's the show first of all is is informational but it's also entertaining and people really appreciate that and the fans that come to these conventions, I haven't had one person that's given me a hard time. Uh, everybody is incredibly loving giving I had one actually there was one couple that came up that said, oak island i'm getting frustrated can't they find something but I, I understand where they're coming from because they're so connected to the show it's like you're inve- you're invested in it right you know you want them to win it's like your your sports team it's like please come on you right. know win, win the game so uh, uh you know i i understand that and they're coming from a very very uh, honest and sweet place anyway
0: perfect robert where can we find you on social media because people want to hear your auditions they want to hear your demos and they, people just want to connect with people they enjoy.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm certainly on Twitter. Let me see what my handle is. I think it's, uh,
0: um, what is it? It's Oh, my, my Facebook
1: is at Real Robert Clotworthy. My, where's my, oh, my Twitter is at Rob underscore Clotworthy. So, yeah, pl- certainly follow me.
0: Perfect. Robert, thank you so very much for your time. It's been a pleasure to finally meet you. you know, hopefully I'll see you around the convention floor. By the way, do you have any more panels today or anything else going on?
1: Well, tonight we're going to be doing the big, uh, the big event, which is for the cosmic pass holders and the galactic pass holders, where it's going to be from 6 to 7.30. I'll be introducing everybody that's there, and it's going to have Eric Von Danik and Giorgio, David Childress, I mean, Linda Moulton Howe, you name it. They're all going to be there at this, at this panel. I think we're going to show a bit of ancient aliens and then also do a Q&A so that's, that's the big thing that we're doing doing tonight. The rest of the time, I'm basically here at my booth, meeting and uh, talking to people, signing a few autographs, taking some pictures, and, and having some fun. Wonderful.
0: And before I let you go, your favorite either alien story or conspiracy theory?
1: Oh, well, my favorite alien story, this was the one that was told to me by the woman who worked at NASA, and she was in mission control. So she was right in the heart of it. And this was the final moon mission. So I guess it was Apollo, I want to say 16, 17, I can't remember. But it was Gene Cernan was the uh, commander of the mission, and Ron Evans was the command module pilot. And on one of the orbits around the moon, after the the two fellows were down on on the moon, well, Ron Ron Evans comes around from the backside of the moon. And they check in with him, of course, and Gene Cernan says, hey, Ron, are you you lonely up there? As a joke. And Ron says, I'm not alone. Well, at that moment, they switch to a secure channel. Mission Control cuts in and says, Ron, what are you talking about? Are you joking? He says, no, I'm not joking. I said, well, what are you talking about? He says, I'm being followed. And he describes how for, I think it was five and a half orbits, now the command module is 17 feet from stem to stern. He estimated this to be over 40 feet in length. It had acrylic markings on the side. It followed him in formation for, I think it was five and a half orbits around the moon. Took photographs of it, described it, said this is not Russian, it's not American, I don't know what it is. And when, he, when they all landed back on Earth, this same woman who, uh, who I know w- did a debrief with him on the aircraft carrier and she said, Ron, are you okay? Because he looked visibly shaken. And the, Ron Evans was a Navy fighter pilot, flew in Vietnam. So this guy is not, a, not easily rattled. And uh, she said, uh, Ron, is it about the anomaly that you described? And he said, you know about that? She goes, yeah, I was in the loop. He says, I don't know what it was. You know, it followed me around. It, 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 you know, he was just visibly rattled. He was, he was I don't want to say he was frightened by it, but he was certainly disturbed. So when you have somebody that is, you know, this is not somebody saying they overheard a story. This is somebody that said, no, I was listening to the conversation. I was brought into the room afterwards with NASA where they said, don't talk about this. And I asked her, I said, why are they not talking about it? She said, well, the job of NASA is not to figure out what something is, we gather information. So we gather the information, give it to the brain trust, they figure it out later. But you know, when you hear a story like that and uh, when it's from somebody that is has no reason to to B.S. me, I mean, she, this person was walking away. I met her at a convention. She'd taken a picture with her and signed an autograph and she was walking away. And I happened to say, you have anything happen up there that, you know, you haven't talked about or she said, yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, I can talk about this. So she had no vested interest other than just telling me a story that, that happened to her.
0: Well, Robert, that is a story that we're going to cherish, and we can't wait to air it for the public. Thank you so much for your time, and it was a pleasure meeting you face-to-face.
1: Thank you. Pleasure. Bye-bye.